Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a psalm for the Lord's protection as we pick up in Psalm chapter 71, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Shall we turn now in our Bibles to Psalm 71? Psalm 71 is the psalm of the aged man, probably David as he was getting up into years and his reddish-colored hair had turned gray. David's life was a tough life. He had many devoted friends, but also many avowed enemies. And David is always praying concerning those enemies that are seeking his hurt, seeking to destroy him. And even up into the elder years, as the Lord said to David, the sword shall not depart from thy house. And so in the elder years of David, there was still that problem of the sword, problem of enemies. And so a psalm of again calling upon the Lord for his help, for his protection, even in his older years. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. For thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. David's prayer, that God would be his strong habitation, whereinto I may continually resort. We read in the scriptures, the name Jehovah is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. How many times have we run into the protection of the name of the Lord. How many times when faced by danger, just automatically almost the name of Jesus escapes our lips. We're facing a real problem and we just sort of unconsciously say, oh Jesus, the strong tower, I run into it. Or a place of safety, a place of refuge. Thou art my rock, my fortress, my dwelling place. And how wonderful it is when we have found that glorious dwelling place in Christ Jesus, of which the psalmist wrote, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so he declares the Lord is his habitation, I continually resort, constantly finding that place of help and strength, comfort and refuge in the Lord. I continually resort. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked and out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord my God. Thou art my trust from my youth. So 
God is not just a place of hope, but he is also the place of trust. I've learned to trust in the Lord, but I'm also hoping for his deliverance. By thee have I been held up from the womb. You took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of thee. For I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Cast me not off in the time of old age. And so here's a hint to the time of the writing of the psalm, and later on he'll refer to his gray hairs. Forsake me not when my strength fails, the weakening position of the old age. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him, persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. So again, David's prayers for his enemies, that God would take care of them. But again, the tragedy that in the older years, there are still those enemies of David. No rest. Because of the sin with Bathsheba, the sword is not to depart from his house. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. David, a man after God's own heart, even though he was oppressed by the enemy, yet he was close to the heart of God. And part of the reason for that is David's continual praise. Lord, I will praise you more and more. My mouth shall show forth your righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-haired, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power unto all that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee. Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shalt quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. So here is David's declaration concerning his confidence in the resurrection. Lord, you will make me alive again. You will bring me up from the depths of the earth. Again, we read, and it is, of course, declared to be prophetic concerning Christ. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. But there was that belief in the resurrection from the dead. You will make me alive again. You will bring my soul up from the depths of the earth. The Bible teaches that the place of the grave, Sheol, or Hades, is more than just the grave where a body is buried, a sepulcher, a sarcophagus where a body is placed. But there is a place of consciousness in the heart of the earth. And when David said, you will make me alive again, 
that you shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth, he is actually making reference to this place where the spirit of man went upon death. Prior to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there were two areas divided by a gulf. One a place of comfort with Abraham, the other a place of torment. Jesus, when asked for a sign, said a wicked and an adulterous generation seeks after a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the depths or in the heart of the earth. So Jesus went down and preached to those souls that were in prison. And he led them from that captivity. He who has ascended is the same one who first of all descended into the lower parts of the earth. And when he ascended, he led the captives from their captivity, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 61. So uh, David makes mention here of his hope in the resurrection. You will not find much in the Old Testament written concerning the resurrection from the dead. Job made mention, I know that, you know, though the worms eat this body, yet in my flesh I'm going to see him when he stands upon the earth in the last days and so forth. And uh, his, his hope of the resurrection. And yet Job vacillated uh, so much. But David, here he is old now, and he is thinking of death, but you're going to make me alive again. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even the truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with a harp, O thou Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. So David, speaking of praising the Lord with a psaltery, that is, praising him with the music, praising him with the song accompanied by the harp, singing of God, greatly rejoicing, and talking of God's righteousness all day long. Psalm 72 is entitled, A Psalm for Solomon. As we read this, we find that it goes far beyond Solomon and actually is a prophecy of that son that was promised to David, even Jesus Christ, who would sit upon the throne of David and rule it and establish it in order, in justice, and in righteousness from henceforth forever. And so Psalm 72 transcends beyond just David's prayer for his son Solomon, and it becomes an expression of Jesus Christ in the kingdom age upon the throne of David. And so there is that dual interpretation of Psalm 72. 
Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. When Jesus Christ comes again, the first order is that of judging the earth, gathering together the nations for judgment. Give judgment unto thy king and thy righteousness to the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and the poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish and the abundance of peace so long as the moon endures. So you see, even by the words of the psalm, they shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. So it carries far beyond Solomon to that righteous king that God had promised to sit upon the throne of David and to establish it from henceforth even forever as long as the moon endures. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Again, the kingdom of God covering the entire earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the God the Father. And the kings of the earth will gather and bring gifts from all over the world where his kingdom extends and will bring the praises of the people unto him in Jerusalem. The glorious kingdom age. Now when you read of the kings of the earth coming and gathering and paying their homage and bringing their gifts. Who are those kings of the earth? Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, Unto him who loved us and who hath made us unto our God a kingdom of priests, and we shall reign with him upon the earth. Revelation chapter 5, the song of the redeemed saints in heaven, worthy is the Lamb to take the scroll and loose the seals. For thou wast slain and have redeemed us by thy blood out of every nation, tribe, tongue, kindred, and people, and hath made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign with thee upon the earth. The church. So this mention of the kings Falling down before him is actually a reference to you, his church, and your place with him in the kingdom age. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and the needy, and shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. 
and he shall live, and to him shall be given the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like the grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him, and all nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be Jehovah God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. So this brings us to the end of the second book of Psalms. As we mentioned to you, the Psalms are actually divided into five books, and each of the books ends with a doxology. And here we find the doxology, the whole earth be filled with his glory, amen and amen. Just sort of, you know, the, the capstone on the thing, the conclusion. And thus the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. So as we end enter into book three of the Psalms. We now get into a series of Psalms that are ascribed to Asaph. Now Asaph was the chief musician. He was appointed by David as head over the musicians. Whether it is the name of an actual person or the title for the chief musician is not known. It is quite possible that Asaph is just the title for the chief musician, and thus the Psalms of Asaph would be the psalm of the chief musician and not necessarily of the same person. Some of these psalms ascribed here to Asaph are psalms that definitely go beyond the Davidic period of reign, even into the areas of the desolation. Psalms that were written after the nation of Israel was devastated by their enemies, which of course goes then beyond Solomon's reign. Psalm 73 begins with an affirmation of a basic foundational truth concerning God. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. It is important that we have basic foundational truths that are undergirding us because we all of us are going to face experiences of life that we will not understand. Hard, painful experiences. Experiences that will challenge God's goodness and God's love. If God is good, then why did God allow this tragedy to happen to me? If God loves me, then why would he allow me to have to experience this heartache, 
I do not understand all of the things that happen to me in life. And I have made it a practice. Whenever I am faced with a situation I cannot understand, I fall back on what I do understand. There are certain foundational truths upon which I fall back when I am faced with circumstances that I cannot understand in my life. And what I do understand is that God is good, that God loves me, and that all things are working together for good to those who love God. And thus, by faith, I accept my adverse circumstances, though I don't understand them, I accept them, knowing that it is God that has brought these circumstances. It is God who is in the control of my life, for I have committed my life to Him. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 71 through 73 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Lord be with you this week as you think about these things, as you think about your relationship with God, as you think about what God wants you to be and what God wants you to do. May the Lord be with you to guide you and to direct you and to help you through this week. God bless you, be with you and keep you in the love of Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The 1960s became one of the most colorful periods in American history. The counterculture was dropping out and turning on. The Summer of Love was the stage for many dramas of change. And the most popular musical group in the world was singing, All You Need Is Love. But one man in Southern California was reaching out with the answer, and the truth began to set people free. 
author and pastor Chuck Smith began to share the love of Jesus Christ with a generation that was looking for love in all the wrong places. Now some 40 years later, the gospel of love is still changing lives. In his book simply titled, Love, The More Excellent Way, Pastor Chuck Smith expounds upon the love that can change your life now and forever. For more information on how to obtain your copy, visit a bookstore nearest you or call 1-800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. That's thewordfortoday.org.